Huzzah! I'm Spider, and welcome to the Jacks Rangers, a New England Free Jacks podcast. And here is your host, Phil Harris. Yeah! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris again here at the Jacks Rangers show. This is episode nine. We're calling this one must win because it is a must win this weekend, baby, against Nola Gold at Fort Union Point. We are defending a home winning streak, undefeated at home all season so far. Hopefully we can continue that against Nola Gold. Nola, Nate Osborne's boys are coming to town. We've got to be ruckus. We've got to be loud. We've got to be intimidating in the crowd to defend Fort Union Point to make sure our boys, the Free Jack, have an opportunity to ride into the playoffs here as the and gets closer to an end. Got a huge episode here for you. We've got a a special interview, and I do mean special. Our first time having a player interview on the Jacks Rangers show for the Free Jacks. So this is huge. In the Outrider segment, we will be breaking down Nola Gold. We cannot overlook these guys at all. Obviously, we've got Rooney the following week prior to Independence Day, which is amazing and so cool. We cannot overlook Nola Nate Osborne's boys, the Nola Gold coming into town because they're good, guys. They're really good. Yeah, so let's get right into the episode. Many thanks to uh, our boy Spider, the living legend. He recorded the beginning of the podcast there. I told him, you know, hey man, I'll I'll pay you for your services and he refused to take my money. So what a guy, man. Uh, The legend of Spider just continues. Uh, The the super fan of all super fans. He is the living embodiment of New England. So on that note, we're going to jump right into the episode here, guys. Huge episode. Big, big things coming with the show here, and we'll get right into it right now here on the Jacks Rangers show. Hit the theme music, baby. Woo! Guys, I am but a humble volunteer here with big dreams. And one of my big dreams is that that theme music for the Jacks Rangers show will one day be played on the PA system at Fort Union Point. Dream big, I guess, right? Here we are at episode nine, almost at 10, guys. Um, So very, very happy about the feedback of the show that we've received, all of your input. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for listening. Without you guys, Jacks Rangers would not be a thing. It would not exist. So I wanted to give a quick shout out to all of the donors of the Coach Ryan Martin Hat Fund. We have reached our goal. Thank you very much. What I thought would be the plan would be that, you know, we'll we'll give Coach Ryan Martin uh, the big wacky check at a future game. But I did reach out to Coach Ryan Martin and um, he was saying, you know, come by, swing by the office one day. We'll give you a tour and we can we can take, some, you know, a photo and hopefully do some video there. So that'll be some content for the uh, for the show that I will make sure that you guys are, are able to see. We will post that as soon as we can. So that's pretty cool. Again, thank you. Shout out to all the donors that, uh, that donated. Now Coach Martin will never be hatless. Uh, we can guarantee that. So another shout out once again, Spider, the living legend. Thank you so much for recording the beginning of the uh, the episode there. We'll continue with that for the weeks to come there as the, the first thing that you're going to hear on the Jacks Rangers show is Spider's very unique and very awesome Boston accent. All right, guys, uh, jumping right ahead here to the Outriders segment. Again, like I was saying earlier, you know, we're going to have Dave 
Braves report card about what's gone on with the team so far this season, grading A through F. Dave is a teacher in his nine to five job, so I thought it would be kind of cool for him to come up with a report card since we didn't have an opponent last week. We'll have that instead of the the breakdown of the previous game. And of course, we're going to be previewing our huge game against Nola Gold that is an absolute must win for us to stay in playoff contention. Oh, by the way, the guest that we're going to have on here, one of the players for the Free Jacks, couldn't be any bigger than the captain himself. Oh, captain, my captain, Captain Canada. Josh Larson is going to be on this episode a little bit later on here at the Jacks Rangers show. But right now, here's the Outrider segment. Woo! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the, once again here at the Jax Rangers show. If I can get my words out, I'm here joined with Dave, as always, from Yeti Pullet Rugby. Dave, how the hell are you? I am doing fantastic. Today was my very last day of school with students of the school year, so I am eagerly leaping into uh, summer vacation. I bet so. Awesome. Let's jump right into Free Jax news here. The Free Jax will host Pride Month, a festival this uh, Saturday. Boston Ironsides RFC will be there this weekend where they will be participating in a halftime skills competition and raffling off authentic autographed limited edition Free Jacks gear as they begin their journey towards the Bingham, uh, Bingham Cup. Bingham Cup, yep. yep. Um, Scott Ferrara has shipped the New Jersey Dirt Peckers jersey to me uh, that I'll be wearing next week uh, as part of the bet. I will I will be true to my word. I will I will definitely comply with the terms of the bet. Here's hoping it gets lost in the mail, though. Yeah, circumstances beyond your control, you know. He even sent me a photo of the tracking uh, from uh, FedEx. <laughs> Very thorough. We're going to have him on next week, guys, for the uh, preview of the Dirt Peckers game. So that'll be a lot of fun, just like it was last time. Yeah, sounds great. Allegedly, Muscle Man Coach Ryan Martin did an amazing 300 push-ups. Allegedly, I mean <laughs> that video was pretty much ironclad. <laughs> I saw a number. I saw push-ups number 297, right? 298, mm-hmm. 299, and 300. It's what an amazing accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Strongest uh, coach in MLR, I think. Yeah, hands down. Absolutely. Obviously. The nickname yeah, Muscle Man, you know, it's just not some frivolous thing that they threw upon him. It's 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 a true thing. Yeah, he's earned it. Absolutely. <laughs> so I wanted to give you a Josh Larson story real quick before we jump into the rapid reactions. I had Josh on the show a couple of weeks ago to interrupt, to record an interview. And what I like to do every single week is I will ask the interviewee um, what type of um, photo we should throw up for the promotion. And he said, well, you can pick one if you would like. I said, no, it's kind of a tradition. If you pick one, that would be great. We'd appreciate it. So he sent over two options, all right? <laughs> the first one is the one that we use, which is the free jack jersey. Looks great. Tossing a ball around. The other was a, a him in the Canada, Team Canada jersey. I said, well, Josh, no offense. As a USA rugby fan, this is an easy decision to make. <laughs> so, yeah, That's funny. Yeah, he, he got a kick out of that for sure. But yeah, uh, moving right right over to rapid reactions. We've got observation here from me. The only standings movement from both East and West Conferences tables this week was NOLA leapfrogging over us. So unfortunately, Toronto could not help us out, do us a favor, 
um, and NOLA won their game. We'll get into that in a minute. I actually don't have the scores in front of me, but we'll just run with it anyway. I totally forgot about that. Utah <laughs> and New Jersey. I'm happy to report the Dirt Peckers are back where they belong in beautiful New Jersey. <laughs> Ali Khalifi had quite the first half with true tri- two tries from the big man. He's had like a renaissance the past couple weeks here. He's just he's on it, baby. Yeah, um, it looks like he's feeling good and he's playing yeah. with some uh, playing with some strength. So I would love to have him on the team as a as a USA prop. Um, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, close back and forth game with the score 1921 to New Jersey leading at halftime. New Jersey gets a yellow card with the lead 28 to 19 at the 59th minute. Utah then scores immediately with a quick tap and go to start the comeback. Heartbreak kids coined by Dan Power to complete the comeback at the 76th minute to the delight of Rangers everywhere. That's right. Yeah, yeah it was quite a match. Um, really good one to watch. And they really, really hung in there. Um, and Utah have really shown that, you know, much like the Free Jacks have demonstrated, um, they're a team that you can never count out. I mean, Heartbreak Kids is right. Yeah. They did a great job. We appreciate them knocking down uh, Jersey, a little uh, New Jersey there. Absolutely. Um, NOLA at Toronto. So here's a game that I was really frustrated with. So this was a sloppy, rainy game from the start. This was a doubleheader in Atlanta. Friend of the show, Chris Lind, tipped me off to how sloppy Toronto was playing. Uh, Five-plus line-out miscues for Toronto. You just can't do that at this level. Um, yeah, the line-outs are just too important um, to mess up that many and win. Exciting charge down uh, into a try from for Toronto at the 26th minute. That was pretty cool to see. It yep. was a 7-5 to five lead for Toronto at halftime. A glimmer of hope for the Rangers. Beautiful grubber try into the game for Toronto uh, with only eight minutes remaining. The game is tied 12 to 12. So you're thinking, hey, maybe Toronto is going to do us a huge favor here, right? Yeah. But of course, as all Toronto sports go, uh, they had an opportunity, but in typical Toronto sports fashion, you blew it. Um, The Maple Leafs haven't won a Stanley Cup, by the way, since 1967. So there you go. Yeah, in Canada years, that's approximately five million. <laughs> Two penalty kicks by Nola breaks the hearts of the Rangers to uh, to set up a must-win game at home this weekend that we're going to discuss. And as I'm reading that, I'm thinking, gee, I forgot to write up a key to the game, so I, I'll have to do that on the fly again this week. But, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll just roll with it. All right, uh, Houston at Atlanta. I guess I'm just rusty from the bye week, right? Um, swampy conditions with downpours throughout the game of this doubleheader in Atlanta. Houston took the lead 15 to 12 with a penalty kick that bounced off and over the crossbar at 45 minutes in. But we've seen this movie before Houston. We know how it turns out. The Atlanta forward said that they had, uh, had seen enough and totally took over this game. So from what I saw, two line out mall tries, a dominating scrum at 59 minutes that leads to a try Two tries from Ross Deacon and two tries from Jason Dom. 21 unanswered points for Atlanta. Incredible. Yeah, they are looking um, really ferocious heading into this uh, upcoming postseason. We're not quite there yet, but they do look like locks to make it. And uh, they're going to be scary. Uh, Fun team to watch. 
La- our last match of the season. It's going to be going to be big. Could yeah. be for all the marbles. I know. It, it, there's a reason why they're in the lead at this point in the Eastern Conference. They they really look like a team that uh, can beat pr- practically anybody. Yeah, they've been really consistent. And when they have when they haven't been on form, they've been able to correct. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not that they've played perfect all year, but they can they can make make adjustments when needed and, and stay on top. Speaking of adjustments, L.A. at San Diego. San Diego recently uh, returned home to their stadium for the first time since March of last year. So uh, good on you, Legion fans. I know you've been through through hell with the, the COVID pandemic. So it's good to have um, them back at home. Three to zero, San Diego leading with this low scoring affair into the 30, um, 30th minute. L.A. finally got on the board at 37 minutes into the game, which is very surprising. But I think that was really more of San Diego's defense was really good, right? Yeah, they were incredible. If you are new to rugby and learning about the sport, uh, I really recommend if you don't, even if you don't have time to watch the whole match, watch the first 20 minutes of this match mm-hmm. and just pay particular attention to how San Diego defends, mm-hmm. how much line speed they bring and how cohesive they are when they're coming up in the phase play. So like, you know, when when we're making tackles, passing the ball out to the 10 in the back line or, or to a forward pod crashing, watch how fast when L.A. has the ball. San Diego's coming up and shutting it down. It was unreal. They really, really looked good um, for that first 20 minutes. I mean, the last 60 minutes, they played a good match too. But the the first 20, um, it was it was incredible. I really, really thought it looked like they had LA's number. Yep. Um, so let's see here. Nailbiter at seven into 70 minutes into this one. 13-12 scoreline. LA gets a bulldozing try. San Diego attacking into LA's 22, attempting to win the game, but a wild pass goes into touch. Heartbreaker at home for San Diego in front of their fans who've been waiting to see them at home in their true home for so long. That's tough. Yeah, they'll they'll be disappointed to drop that one at Torero. Um, uh, it was on the table. It was definitely winnable. That's one I think they'll, uh, I don't know, either spend a lot of time going over film or just look at it and move on. But uh, it was it was tough. Mm-hmm. I even though LA is my West Coast team, you know I've been rooting for them all season. Uh, I found myself after that first twenty minutes rooting for San Diego. They were playing so well that I felt like they really uh, might have it and, and yeah. would get a chance to earn it. Maybe next time. Um, yeah, so the maybe final, next time. yeah, the final match here that we are covering. I'll tell you right now, I wrote down more than I should have because it is supposed to be rapid reaction. (laughs) But I mostly focused on Seattle's just ineptness and just how they shot themselves in the foot. So this is going to be a little harsh, Rucky. I apologize. I was I was actually kind of angry watching the game uh, because I was like, (laughs) if I was a Seattle fan or a Seattle coach, I would be absolutely furious watching this game. Yeah. So Austin attacking into Seattle's 22 early on. Seattle gets a turnover in the ruck. Yay. But... Sloppy fourth division uh, type play sees Austin score. Um, Seattle shot themselves in the foot three times in this game. And we're going to highlight each one. That was the first one. Uh, this is a this is what bad teams do to themselves, guys. Um, I would be furious if I was rookie. 19 to 5, Austin leading at halftime. Next thing that happens, this is the second screw up. 53 minutes in. 
Austin kicks off to Seattle, but the ball is mishandled by Seattle. Austin kicks the ball into Seattle's in-goal area and then dives on it for a try. That actually just cannot happen at this level or any level. Like if you're a, a D3 coach and you got a bunch of players that really aren't very good or maybe they're just learning the game, I would throw my hat onto the pitch with just complete <laughs> frustration if I saw that. Yeah. Um, it's fundamentals. I mean, you yeah. got to be able to to come together and, and stop that just – just pick up the ball, guys. Yeah. Uh, the third mishap here, um, interception by Austin at the 65th minute leads to another galloping prop try. Um, so not all bad news. I finally was like, okay, let me focus in on, you know, not crapping on Seattle. We can always uh, be happy for front rows. Yeah. Not all bad in this game for Seattle. Uh, winger Futi scored a hat trick of tries during the game, but it wasn't enough for Seattle because they gifted Austin essentially three tries in the game. So just continue to shoot themselves in the foot, um, not looking good up there in the Pacific Northwest at this time, maybe next year. Yeah, certainly at, at this point, you're, you're starting to shift some focus to uh, next year. They have LA coming up, you know, they've got, they got a rough stretch for a little while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so we didn't have a game last week, obviously, guys, because it was a bye week. So we're doing something special this week. We're going to call it Dave's Report Card. So Dave has uh, typed up or written uh, some some interesting notes to the Free Jack season so far. And as Dave was saying earlier, he is a teacher by profession, so he's got some letter grades, I believe, right? Uh, I ended up – so I'm an elementary school teacher. So I ended up doing what we usually do with uh, progress reports and reports cards, which is just a real simple one, two, three, four – grading system so um three is uh satisfactory right it means you're performing at at a level that you would um expect okay uh two is needs improvement one is inadequate okay fund you know something fundamentally missing um and then a four is exceptional and because there's not a lot of granularity in that what i did is i broke uh, i broke down into areas attack defense game management and kicking Mm -hmm. and then for most of those, not for kicking, but for the other three, I then broke it down into like eight different subsections. Okay. It's not a true rubric, which would include like how to earn the different grades, right? But it at least introduced some granularity. It lets us do some averaging and division, which makes everything seem much more scientific than it is. <laughs> um, and I should say like, it's just, this is just my gut reaction okay. um, to where the team is in these different areas. Uh, I'll go through it pretty quickly okay. and um, uh, just kind of explain it as we go. So uh, the first area that I looked at was um, actually their game management. I wanted to kind of take a look at the overall picture. Um, and I broke that down into game plan, discipline, roster, and toughness, right? Okay. So game plan um I graded on there. It's creativity and execution. Creativity, I gave it a 3.75. I think it's one of the um, outstanding parts of our season has been the creativity they bring to their game plan. It actually made grading them kind of hard because the Free Jacks don't play the way that most rugby teams play with, you know, lots of phase play. Um, They do a lot of creative stuff. They give lots of different looks to their opponents. Um, So 3.75, one of the higher grades. Um, that I gave execution of three. It's been satisfactory. We, they've shown that they can score tries and strike from different areas on the on the field. 
um, hasn't been exceptional, that would be, you know, really we're scoring 30 points a match, you know, um, and really shutting teams down. Um, discipline really hurt the Free Jacks this season, I think. Uh, overall discipline, I gave them a two. Cards, a, a 2.25 went to like quarter increments on some of these grades. Okay. Um, it has improved a lot. It was a problem at the beginning of the season, more so than it is now, but it is a whole season report card, so that, that factors in. Yeah. So their improvement is pulling that up from a needs improvement towards satisfactory. Yeah. Um, they settled down a lot. Um, roster, I looked at the utilization, um, uh, utilizing what they have and the depth. Depth, they gave them a two and a half. I think that we have a lot of good personnel but I think that, um, and this is more like off-season thing, I think there are moves that they can make to shore things up. I think there are some areas uh, of imp for improvement there. Um, utilization of what we have is a three. It's satisfactory. I think Martin has done a pretty good job with things like substitutions and managing the team, especially through some um, difficult uh, personnel issues. We've had a lot of people out. Um, there's a lot of players who haven't even really seen much or any, uh, match time because they've been, you know, in and, in and off on and off the injury lists. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's actually been a pretty, pretty tough job. Um, then toughness, I just said intensity and competitiveness, intensity, a three competitiveness, a, a 3.75. The team does not give up. Right. Um, they're really gritty. They've had some really tremendous acts this season, like the double yellow card goal line stop, you know, um, and just absolutely refusing to quit. Um, so overall, what that means is game management got a 2.90625. <laughs> highly accurate. If we turn that into a letter grade, it's a 72.65625. Okay. So it's a C. Okay. Um, so sad, you know, adequate um, could be could be improved. The thing again, that's really dragging that down is the is the discipline um it, you can't execute your game plan if you're giving up penalties and we've seen that hurt uh the team so that said we'll transition to defense where the first thing on defense is set piece and that has really been a little bit of our achilles heel we've given up a lot of those penalties there um we've lost some attacking opportunities so the reliability of the set piece i rated as a two it definitely needs improvement um in terms of just winning our lineouts, winning our scrums, and not giving up penalties. Our win percentage needs to be higher, and we need to give way fewer long-arm penalties. Um, first phase defense, so defense off of those set pieces, right? Defending against a mall, defending against an attack off the 10 on a scrum. 2.75, pretty close to satisfactory. They do need to button it up. Um, and as we talked about on previous shows, that's a tough area there's a lot of tries generated there so getting to a satisfactory and shutting that down is is a tough ask um, defense against attacking play our line speed has been great three and a half our cohesion two and a half not so hot where we give up um those tries tends to be in defensive defensive assignments um <clears throat> uh, and we have seen some some busting up the middle um we have, I have a, I have a four-year-old visitor, uh, right now. All right. First Hi, Coraline. Can you go back to bed? And then you got to go talk to mommy. <laughs> She's looking for a tuck. She needs, <laughs> desperately needs a tuck in. 
Um, <clears throat> so our attacking play, line speed, good. Cohesion, not as great. Averages to a three. Um, our defense on attacking play is pretty good, but I think that's mostly because we bring so much line speed and intensity, um, yep. which is positive. Our scramble defense is fantastic. Scrambling is when you have blown it. Sometimes it's intentional. In the case of our edge defense, we let the attack take the edge. We let them get outside of us, and then we scramble and manage to make sure we don't give up too much territory. Mm -hmm. That's the choice we make strategically with that rush defense. Um, we've been very good at it. Um, our turnover scramble defense, so when we lose the ball and then need to scramble and get to structure, has been pretty good, so I gave it a three. Um, and then our disruption, this defensively is where we are really clicking. So for our just physicality, hitting, making hits, three and a half, we're a pretty hard-hitting team on defense. We have some people who really, really like to lay it on oh, the yeah. ball carrier, and it makes it makes Free Jacks a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I know like Fian Conradi, for instance, got a lot of shouts for those big, big hits in the, in the last match. Um, our stealing, poaching of the ball, I gave us a four. I think we are one of the best breakdown teams in the league. I think they perform exceptionally. I think that uh, they've recruited a group of players who are very good at attacking the breakdown from one to 15. I think it's paying off. I think that it is a really, really good move. That averages out to a 3.09375, which multiplies up to a 77.4, a good solid C on defense. Yep. Um, I should know in terms of letter grades, this the way this works, the cur it's going to be pretty curved towards a C, okay. right? The three, even even a three in everything is only going to be a 75%. So 75 is satisfactory, and okay. anything above that is is, you know, a B is an achievement is, is yeah. what I'm trying to say in, in so many words. I was told the same thing in school, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. D is for degree and B is for good. Um, so transitioning over to there, well, I'll do the kicking play next. Um, I didn't break kicking down into categories, but I thought it was important enough to be its own 25% of the overall grade. Rugby is a kicking sport. Um, so our fielding of kicks, just handling kicks, um, that we receive gave it a satisfactory. I think it's been pretty good. We've seen a few minor errors, um, but overall we have solid hands, especially in that back three. Mm -hmm. Kicking for points, 3.75. Bodin Waka has been fantastic. His boot is really good, very dependable. He's one of the conversion and penalty leaders in the MLR, um, really delivering there. Mm -hmm. Strategic kicking, which is like our, both our exits from our 22, um, or our half, we do some exit kicking from our half and even closer to the other team's half sometimes with our box kicks and our, um, penalty kicking for distance, not for points, but for lineouts, I rated a two and a half. I think this is one of the areas where the team will feel most frustrated with their performance. We, if you just go back and watch and kind of tally how many kicks are, are kicked for touch, but stay in play. Um, it's more than you want to see. Um, it happens occasionally, but for the most part, especially on those penalty kicks, the ball's got to get out, um, and you you really want to secure that. That's an area for improvement. Um, our tactical kicking, so kicking um, with the intent to recover or score, I gave us a four. We've seen some really, really supreme kicking on attack. Um 
and it has been a joy to watch. We've seen the pokes through to Ducky Fife. We saw the kick across to Barlow um, just last, not last week, two weeks ago. Um, Some really, really good tactical kicking um, that has been fun to watch. That rounds out to an 82.8. Eight, well, 3.3125 or in uh, letter grades, 82.8125 highest score of the four areas. I think our kicking has been really solid and has been kind of the, the backbone of our game this season, mm-hmm. um, along with our along with our defense. Our attack play, um, th- I found this kind of hard to grade because of the unique way that we approach rugby. Um so I, I did my best. I said, uh, starting again at set piece, our generation, which I just mean like providing a platform um, and consistency, I gave uh, a three. It's been satisfactory. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, I think it has hurt us more defensively in terms of giving up territory uh, on those penalties. I think we've delivered pretty well. Capitalization, I gave us a three and a half because we have seen a lot of ability to form really solid roll at malls. We've seen some really effective plays off of the scrum with that little, um, uh, was it Waka who sw- switched sides uh, at the back of the scrum a couple weeks ago and just created the natural overload, just having the 10 relocate, um, things like that. So our capitalization on set piece opportunities um, has been pretty good. Um, attacking play, um, off of the 10, so ball comes off a, a, a ruck and is passed from the 9 to the 10, attacking off the 10, 3.25. I think pretty good. Um, we have a lot of ability to both move the ball wide and to use some of those creative kicks. Um, phase play, I gave us a 2.5. I feel like we um, don't utilize our pack maybe as much as we could. Part of that could be... Um, that we don't have the stable of power runners that some other teams have. Um, our guys tend to run the ball pretty well, but I think it's a developing area. Um, it's not that it's something we can't do. We're not inadequate, but it's something that we're still still getting to. Um, I think like a, a Quentin Newcomer a few weeks ago who had just some fantastic runs, but but had a little trouble holding onto the ball, right? Mm-hmm. Um, our counterattack has been satisfactory. Uh, counter attack has been satisfactory, um, both on steals and kicks. We've generated some some good pressure when we kick the ball down. Um, our continuity um, has been uh, okay. I gave it a two and a half. Um, I think that that is an area that was really hard to judge because of what I mentioned earlier. We don't run a lot of phase play, um, so that might be kind of an artificially low score just because I was going off of memory. What, how, what does it stand? How does it stand out? I think our speed to the ruck is okay. And we have shown some good matchups like Waka and Fife linking up on the outsides. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I feel like we're not a line break offload, big support team. Um, and uh, we have been somewhat poachable on the breakdowns. Yep. Um, we, we have seen occasionally we get a little bit in our heads and thinking about the next phase maybe and don't protect that ball means that it's a 2.90625, a 72.675625 for percentages. So another C overall, 
that averages out for all the scores to be just over a three. Okay. 3.054675 for those following along at home. <laughs> and then a 76.37 for the overall grade um, and, and percentages of, of possible points. Um, which I think is is a fairly good reflection of where the team has been. Mm-hmm. Um, we are performing adequately. I think I think we look about where the standings show right now. Yeah. Um, the games that we dropped were games that were winnable. Mm-hmm. There were we made errors. Some of them discipline. I'll keep thinking back to that DC game. You know, where we just penalty after penalty after penalty, we seemed like we couldn't get things right. Um, And so I think that if we had not had the problems I just talked about, we would have those wins. Our our grade would be better Um, as it stands. uh, I didn't rate one thing, which is the entertainment value of this team, which has been off the charts. Um, They are incredibly, incredibly fun to watch play. Um, They fight really hard. They bring a lot of speed and physicality. They bring creativity. Um, It is just about everything you could ask for as a rugby fan. And if you're, again, new to the sport and you haven't watched a lot of different styles of rugby, there is some tremendously boring rugby out there yeah. where teams just international you know, tests. Yeah. Run it to, you know, 20 phases to the forwards crashing until we get the, you know, ruck we want or the defensive setup that we want to attack stuff like that. And um, I think that they really, really bring an entertaining style of rugby. Um, they're a team that it's as much fun to watch defend anxiety aside as it is to watch attack. Um, They have a really, really good knack for turning defense into attack, which really helps win rugby games. Mm -hmm. So overall adequate performance, some areas for improvement around our um, continuity um, and around our discipline. Uh, But overall on, you know, the back of some really strong kicking some really strong line speed and disruption on defense um, and creativity on attack. We've got a pretty solid rugby team here. I agree 1000%. And I would say that if I had that report card, I would be very happy with it (laughs) back in my day. Um, Yeah. So I agree with most of what you said there. I mean, I think pretty spot on. I think you did a great job uh, in breaking down all of the, uh, the areas there. So, yeah, I appreciate uh, the information there, Dave. And I'm tr- trying to figure out how I'm going to make a, um, a graphic from that. So we'll, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll, t- I'll try to break it down for you into a useful uh, useful format. I'll digitize it. And cool, uh, I've already seen your rough draft. So I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can tra- transform this into a good uh, representation there, I think. I appreciate it. Now we're moving over to the NOLA Gold, who happens to be our next game this Saturday. I actually wrote it down on my calendar as Sunday, so thank God I actually looked at the uh, MLR schedule because that would have been real bad. <laughs> I did the same thing. Was this maybe a Sunday game at one point and got Perhaps, rescheduled? Yeah, it must have been because I definitely wrote it down as a Sunday game. I know they've moved times before, but I don't know that they've moved whole days. That said, maybe we both just made the same error. I don't know. Perhaps, yeah. Uh, but that that is an odd coincidence. Yeah. I know I I noticed today uh, when I was looking at um, 
looking at the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> I even had to text my wife. It's like, oh, <laughs> FYI. Yeah. Sunday my, things on Saturday. I told my girlfriend that we'd go up to Maine for donuts uh, on Saturday morning, but that's not going to happen now because we got the game later on. Yeah. So, um, so Nola Gold. Um, this is a team that beat us earlier in the season, Dave, if you recall. I was actually I in North Carolina watching that game on my cell phone at a restaurant. So, <laughs> um, my family, you know, are, are rugby people as well, but, you know, nobody else was, around us was. So I don't think they really appreciated me pulling out my phone, but hey, it is what it is. I'm going to watch the game. That's right. <laughs> so they have won seven games to four losses and one draw. If I believe, if I recall that correctly, that was against DC, maybe the first game of the season. Yeah, is I that believe that's draw? right. Uh, this is a team that is very dangerous. They're good in the scrum, as you've mentioned in previous episodes, uh, and have beaten New England once, as I said, um, already this year. So this would this is a must-win for our boys. And if you look at the standings, um, they're slightly ahead of us. If we win this game, um, we will leapfrog over them because I think they're three points ahead of us or four points. So if we get the bonus point, that would be even better. Um, and that would make for an amazing matchup against uh, New Jersey Dirt Packers at our house next week. So yep. we've, also, we've also got a winning streak to protect here. We've, we've won five games at home. We've never lost at home. Um, so what do you think about Nola Gold? Um, I think that they have been a little bit inconsistent and hard to predict this season. Um, they bring a pretty good all round game. They have a phenomenal scrum. Um, as, as mentioned, it, it means that they have a really dangerous platform anytime they're in, in your half. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be a tough match. I think I have faith in the free Jacks, but this, um, I think we dodged a little bit of a bullet with the, with, uh, Utah when we played them. Yep. I think that they didn't bring their best game mm -hmm. and we kind of stole one from them. Yep. Um, and because of that, I think this Nola game is maybe going to be the toughest yes. home game, certainly so far. Mm -hmm. Um, we are really going to have to bring a lot of intensity um, and physicality. They're a really uh, uh, tough team in the pack. Yep. Um, and these guys are going to have their hands full defensively to make those big stops and power tackles to get that ball back. Um, because I think that contest at the breakdown is just going to be critical. And you, you got to make hard hits to get those steals. You want to, you want to be moving those guys back. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, man, this is this is going to be a huge game. So all the Rangers that are listening right now, if you're going to if you're coming to one game, I mean, obviously next week is a big one, too. But this one is the one you want to come out to and make sure you get real loud. Make sure you get real lubed up in the parking lot, drink your beers or do whatever you got to do mm -hmm. to come into the game and make sure that you are your, your presence is felt by the opposition team because we absolutely have to have this one. So everybody needs to be leaving that uh, the Fort Union point with our um, our voices lost <laughs> for a couple <laughs> of days. Um, make sure you get your huzzas uh, in the game because we, they need our help. Um, this is going to be – I think this is going to be a dogfight. Um, I, I think we win this game. I'm not going to tell you my prediction yet because I want to do key to the game first, but – I mean, this is going to be a real test, man. I mean, this is like your back is against the wall. You have to win this game to make sure that you have a playoff. Um, you're still in playoff hunt. 
So, and this is a team that you've lost to before. They are physically going to try to beat you up in your home uh, ground here, your home pitch, and we just can't let it happen. So um, with that being said, and since I didn't write mine down, go ahead with your key to the game. All right. Uh, my key to the game um, alluded to a little bit before is going to be our scrummaging. We are really going to have to bring it. I think we are um, pretty much at full strength uh, in terms of our front row right now, personnel wise. Um, Seth is back. It's a big, big to have him back. He brings a lot of experience um, and and a, a lot of um awareness to that front row he he knows how to play against lots of different types of props i think yeah. um, and knows how to react to a referee so he's he's really is an asset there um so good that we have him and we're going to need to pull out all the stops um we have got to be able to depend on those replacements a little bit more than we have i love my front row boys you know eric diager pulling 75 minutes is herculean yeah. um but he's going to need to empty the tank before he hits that point, I think, this weekend. So just getting those scrums really tight, uh, making sure that we don't let the scrum become a penalty generation area for new, for NOLA. Mm -hmm. um, so some excellent technical scrummaging and making sure that they aren't able to target that as an area. Okay. Um, it's interesting to note that we are coming off the bye week, so rested, recuperated, any nagging injuries, you've had time to kind of heal your body, and hopefully they've been able to prep a little bit more than they normally would against NOLA into this mm -hmm. game. So my key to the game, because I didn't write it down, I haven't really thought about it too much, I, it's, it's just gut for me this week. I, I'm not really giving you a lot of, like, breakdown stuff that Dave's famous for talking to you about. I'm more of the, like – the emotional guy, like, you know, what I see is kind of what is what's going on in my mind. So, um, yeah, just kick their ass and take the W that that's my key to the game this week is yeah. kick their ass and take the W you absolutely have to win this game. If you want any chance of being into the playoffs, you have to beat uh, New Jersey next week too. I'm sure. Um, but you know, we got to win this game. So it's time to nut up or shut up. Seriously. Um, you got to win the game. Um, so kick their ass in all facets of the game, dominate at home and take that W just, you know, rip it out of their hands because they're going to come in here and try to punch us in the mouth. And, you know, we're, we got to start swinging. So, yeah, um, I love it. It's yeah. going to be, it's going to be a spicy, spicy rugby match. I can promise yeah. people that For these sure. teams have a lot on the line. Uh, and what we see is going to be what's starting to look like playoff rugby. I mm -hmm. think these teams are going to bring 110%. Because it, it essentially is, given the table, um, we are basically in unofficial playoffs at this point between New York, NOLA, and um, New England. They're kind of in a three-way battle um, for that second slot. Because I don't think anybody's going to take Atlanta down far enough to get them into third place. We just need to be in second. That's all that matters going into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, prediction time. I'll go first. Uh, so, NOLA Gold, 21. New England Free Jacks, 24. We barely beat them, but we beat them. I think, I think that's a pretty good, I think that's pretty good prediction. Prediction. I think we're going to keep the score low. Um, we're going to need two to win, and I'm predicting a win. So, I'm going to say NOLA, 17. New England, 28. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Um, go Free Jacks. Huzzah. 
Huzzah. I'll be there, man. This is going to be a weekend for huzzahs. You guys are going to yeah. see me. Let's get those huzzahs out. Huzzahs yeah. for the boys. Absolutely. What I do after every single try is I do try to get a huzzah ch chant going on. And God bless him, Ted Black is the only person that does it with me. He's <laughs> just about two rows, rows down. So, guys, if you're listening, uh, a perfect time to do a huzzah is a big moment in the match, like a, a scrum. But also, if we're scoring tries, let's let them hear it. Um, you know, with a huzzah, you know, that's all I'm asking for. I'm a humble volunteer here at the, the Jacks Rangers <laughs> show. So that would be great if we could get that going. Excellent. All right, let's ride. Let's beat Nola's ass. Let's go, baby. Woo! Let's ride. Ride. All right, guys. That was the Outriders segment here at the Jacks Rangers show. Tell us how we did. Send your comments. Get involved in the comments as we post everything on social media. Send us an email at jacksrangersshow at gmail.com. Let us know what you liked about it, what you didn't like. Send us your feedback. We would greatly appreciate it. Moving right along here to quite possibly one of the biggest interviews that we've done here at the Jacks Rangers show. This is our first player interview that we've ever done on Jacks Rangers, and it just happens to be the captain of the Free Jacks, Josh Larson. I really enjoyed talking to Josh. I mean, I say that a lot with the, the guests that we have on, but I truly, truly loved talking to Josh. He is extremely personable, professional, smart, just an amazing dude. It seems like he would be a great hang, as Dave says, you know, grading someone based on their hangability. I think he was talking about one of his friends that uh, that does that. And I think Josh is top notch, you know, would be on that list as somebody that you would just really enjoy hanging out with. I'm not surprised that he's captain of this team. It factor. Josh has it in droves. So I just want to thank him very much for being the first player that we've interviewed. First of many, hopefully, here at the Jacks Rangers show. I appreciate his time very much. We had him on for a while. I could have, you know, continued the interview, but I wanted to let him get back to his thing with the team, doing whatever they were doing at that time. So yeah, just very humbled to have Captain Josh Larson, oh, Captain, my captain, on this episode. I'm going to let you hear the interview right now here at the Jacks Rangers show. Huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here. I've got the captain. Oh, captain, my captain, jo uh, Josh Larson, the captain of the Free Jacks here. Of course, I'm Phil Harris, your host. Uh, Josh, how you doing, my friend? I'm good, mate. Good. Uh, good to be on and uh, heard many things. So I'm excited, uh, excited to roll with it. Let's go. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, where are you from? I am born in Nanaimo, Canada, but I was raised uh, most of my life in New Zealand, up the far north in a small town called Pai here. So dad's from New Zealand, uh, mum's from Canada. So we left and we we're about three or four. So yeah, we're back and forth between the two places now, especially with uh, rugby taking me back home, which is great. Right, right on. I'm going to crack open this beer if you don't mind. Yeah. No worries. Good stuff. You know, I'd love to join you, but big game this weekend. Probably coach, probably not uh, too smart. I'll just be on the waters here, but uh, I'll be on. Thanks, man. Yeah, we don't want to um, trouble uh, Ted Lasso too much. You know, I don't want you to get <laughs> in trouble. So um, you play internationally for Team Canada. Um, yep. How's your French? Parlez-vous français? Uh, we are. <laughs> no, very, very limited as you can yeah, tell. No, not at all. Yeah, probably as much as the average Joe. So uh, right, right. No, okay. I've been out west of Canada, so yeah. not too much. I've actually never been out uh, east as far as uh, Quebec, Montreal no area. So No kidding. No, never been out there. So hopefully I'll get up some point for sure. 
Montreal is really awesome. Uh, the people are a little snobby for my taste, but uh, the, yeah. the architecture is really nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, if borders open up, that's something I would have loved to yeah. love to do. It's not too far. You can drive up from here, so heard the bagels are pretty good and food's pretty good up there. So you can probably get there in like four hours, so by car. Yeah, yeah, it's not too bad. Then I'll have to definitely something on the bucket list to do. Right on. Uh, what is your origin story with rugby? How did you find rugby? Fine rugby. Yeah, good question. I mean, dad was uh, born up around it, born and bred in New Zealand and Wellington. He played, he played a reasonable level. He, he was sort of around the sort of Wellington mix um, back then, Wellington Colts and stuff. And he was fortunate enough to travel and go to play in Italy and stuff. So it's always taken him places. And I guess just dad uh, playing rugby was just, you know, there's always a rugby ball in the house. And that was something, you know, I guess you're, you know, uh, American kids would probably play catch with the dad or sort of passing the rugby ball with my dad. So yeah. that's how it really started. And, you know, when we were in New Zealand, making it real ac- uh, accessible to, to go down to a local rugby club on a Saturday and, and play from, from a midget level, which is under eights, under sevens in New Zealand, running around there and bare feet on a cold morning. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just sort of started from there, really. Um, cool. But I guess being in New Zealand was probably, right. I guess, the reason why it's a sport that everyone plays if, if, if you're, you know, if you're able and fitting to. So, sure. yeah. yeah. So um, I've actually stood beside of you with a pitcher. We're pretty close in height. Are, are both of your parents really tall? Yeah, I mean, Dad's yeah, Dad's about six four, six five, um, sort of around the same same height. So yeah, Mum, Mum was not not as tall, but I think I get it from my dad. So probably get the the long limbs and stuff from him. So he actually played lock himself. So uh, it sort of runs in the family. Right on, very cool. Um, let's see here. How did you end up playing for the Three Jacks? How did that take place? Yeah, so I was actually fortunate enough to come over. I actually played with. Uh, famous uh, Austin elite team, which uh, back and then didn't do too well. I actually came over, um, I was speaking to a couple of clubs, um, I guess just time in New Zealand with rugby was, you know, I sort of thought, look, I'm ready to, especially being amongst Canada, set up, being closer over here, something I always want to experience, a new exciting comp. I, uh, yeah, I got the opportunity to go over to Austin and uh, play for them. So I was there over first year. Things, uh, yeah, if you remember, things were pretty bad over there. There's sort of changing ownerships going on all over the place. It wasn't really that stable, uh, not only for the rugby, just living situation there. And I mean, I, I really enjoyed it, but I actually, um, Tom Kinley was obviously, and, and Meg's putting the team together up here. And and uh, I knew uh, Tom through a friend um, back in New Zealand in Otago where I studied. So yeah, so me and, me and TK go a bit back then. So uh, he just reached out and just said, look, what are your plans? You know, how's your contract looking in Austin and stuff? And yeah, I guess just the excitement of what they were building up in Boston and the sport the sport bases that it is up here and the fan base, I was yeah. I was wanting to jump onto it. So I was fortunate enough to to come up here and that's sort of where it started. And, I, you know, ever since I've been here, I've, I've been loving it. You know, my girlfriend's now moved up and oh, nice. you know, she's, she's uh, I met her in Austin. So, you know... She's, she's a southern girl but she loves it up here so cool. uh, a few more hits for sure nice awesome so there's an otaga connection with this club yeah. I mean, including yourself there with uh, the coach you know our performance director yeah. i think there's a couple players from around that area so very interesting we've got a, yeah. a, a new zealand connection here with the club uh, what's a day in the life of the captain look like, uh, like on a game day? How do you, how, yeah. do you, how do you go about that? Yeah, well, I guess it's been a lot of travel uh, to start. So, I mean, if we're on the road, uh, you know, and it's a sort of later afternoon kickoff, you know, I'd probably sort of take you through a day. I'd probably be up at around sort of 
Yeah, 7.38, depends on. We were playing out in LA, I was sort of up at 5.30, struggling to get back to sleep. So I'd be up like there uh, pretty early, actually, on the road and get down. I'd probably have some breakfast in the team room. And then uh, on a game day, we would normally have uh, about a unit session. So just a nice walk through. We'll talk through our lineouts as a forward group and stuff. That would normally run about sort of four or five hours before the game. So, you know, after breakfast, I'm a bit of a coffee snob. I love my coffee. So... Uh, one sort of thing for me, wherever I go to a new place, you know, whether it's New Orleans or LA, I, I try to find a wee cafe and head out there and grab a flat white sitting outside and a few boys will come with. And to be honest, by the time I do that and get back, I'll, you know, might have some treatment with Randy, our physio, and, and, and do a few stretches. And then we're sort of the bulk of things um, with those afternoon which would be great. You're not so and around work with eggs, head down, there'll be a bit of a team meal and a snack. And then we're, uh, it's pretty much go time. We'll, we'll get some last words for, uh, from, from Mato, the coach, and, and, and we're, in the, we're on the bus and we're heading to the ground. And then from there, it's sort of just sort of game mode. So it comes at you pretty quick. You know, it's, yeah, uh, it's pretty, you know, not, I'm not too uh, routinized with it. But yeah, yeah, as long as I get a coffee in and, and do a few stretches and get on the phone roll, I'm, I'm pretty ready to go. Very cool. Um, do you guys look at the standings uh, very much? I mean, I mean, I'm sure you're conscious of it, but is it something that you guys talk about? And do you uh, practice, uh, you know, factoring in the standings and where, uh, what team you're going to play and that sort of thing? Yeah, interesting question. I mean, to be honest, as a team, we don't talk about it. We haven't talked about it once. But like you said, consciousness and the back of the players' heads. You know, we know that it's a tight race in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. We know that, you know, we're sort of, you know, we're, we're, we're right close up there up the top. So we just sort of, as players, we know consciously, but no, we don't talk, talk about it as a team. Uh, maybe towards the business end, you know, when it starts to come down to one or two games, which it looks like it will do this year, we might briefly touch on it. But to be honest, mate, we're, we're, we're normally just splitting it up into three or four game blocks. And we'll be like, look, you know, if we can do this, this and this, this game, you know, and the results take care of itself, we'll, we'll be really happy as a team. So, yeah, I mean, this early on, we haven't discussed it once. So, um so, yeah, no, not at this stage. Okay. Uh, is there a victory song that the team plays after a win, or is there any type of locker room tradition or ritual that takes place after a win? Yeah, it's uh, funny you say that, actually. Um, uh, a fullback, Bodine Waka, actually just created uh, an unofficial sort of free jack uh, chant, and we actually did it first one in the Austin Gilgronies after that win on the weekend, and it was uh, – it was a bit long. I think we still need to, you know, early early days in the Free Jacks history. So we sort of need to, we need to uh, brush up on it uh, a bit and I think it will eventually find its place. But uh, we didn't for a while. We had a, uh, a couple of French guys in the team, uh, Timothy Gwilliam and uh, Simon last year. And uh, it just sort of came about the last year we were just sort of going, ole, 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 ole. And we were just going mental in the change rooms and that would have been it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, we sort of said, look, like this year, We'll put a bit of words to stuff, and it, it's kept a similar beat. But uh, Bodine's done a pretty good job putting some words together. So it's not, uh, you know, boys are still learning it. But uh, if you ask me that again by the end of the season, uh, hopefully we'll know it off by heart. We have a suggestion here at the Jacks Rangers: throw in a huzzah love at some point. Huzzah! Yeah, huzzah! Okay. Yeah, I love uh, that. I'll take that down. I'll pass it on to the social committee. That, that's cool. uh, we're all for those ideas. Excellent. Thank you.
Um, so uh, I know, you know, you're not drinking alcohol today or in the season, of course. Uh, what have you been drinking in the off season? Do you have any particular craft beer that you like? Yeah, I've actually, so I've always been a uh, you know, pretty standard. I actually love my IPAs now. Okay. I really do. Like a sort of hazy, fruity IPA. That's probably my go-to. If I was going for a beer, you know, uh, we might have, a, a, after a game, or something, I'd have a couple of you know, IPAs or something like that in the sheds. Uh, some of the boys just stick to their lagers. They're pretty, oh, it's a bit too bittery for me. But that's probably been my go-to you know, sort of alcohol beer. Um, I'm a bit of a red wine drinker as well. Um, <laughs> I do enjoy a red wine. So those are probably my go-tos uh, if I was having a, having a drink. So Very nice. that's pretty much me, yeah. So you're kind of a recent, well, not recent, but a transplant to New England for sure. Um, have you tried lobster rolls and clam chowder? And if you have, which do you like better? Yeah, I have. I have had both uh, multiple times, actually. Okay. Uh, lobster roll, can't go past it for sure. We got a, in New Zealand uh, and in Canada, obviously, out the West, like uh, there's a lot of chowders. Yeah. Um, and I've just, yeah, I mean, I've grown up around it. So they're obviously great, especially on a cold day. Yeah. Snowing outside, I've, I've actually walked in a few times and got one. Yeah. Um, they're pretty good. But I actually love a lobster roll. Um yeah, just outstanding, something so different. Um, and uh, just to have uh, lobster that accessible, you know, it's normally pretty pretty expensive, mate. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I'd go for those uh, more, more times than not. So Very if nice. there's anyone listening out there who's got some uh, a lobster roll business, you know, maybe we discount for the free jacks. I'm sure you'll get some business out of it. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, let's see here. Who do you get along with best on the team? I mean, as the captain, I'm sure you have to get along with everybody, but um, is there a particular mate that you have on the team that you're best buddies with? Um, I mean, not as such. I mean, we're all, uh, you know, it's quite, quite a good brothership there. So, I mean, we're all uh, brotherhood, I should say. So we're all, we're all pretty close. Um, I've got along, I mean, especially guys from last year, from the first inaugural year, guys like John Poland, I've become quite close friends with, you know, he's been sort of my coffee buddy and, Okay. and stuff like that and I, I know a couple of the New Zealand guys that have come over uh, Harrison Boyle uh, Alecki and that um, but yeah no not not as such I mean uh, Evan I guess uh, Evan Geis he's married to his um, his wife Lana she, they've come around for dinner a few times so we've got quite a connection there so and obviously Jackson Davis the, the old second row partner um, yeah we get around each other quite a bit so no I mean we're, we're all pretty good mates uh, on and off the field so yeah i guess uh probably been around like jp and that like i said those guys and jackson since the first years a bit more so probably a little bit closer to them but like i said i mean we're all we've done a pretty good job we're all um we're all really good guys mates in the team so good good uh yeah. so next thing on here let's see here who has the best hair on the team in your opinion Best hair. Uh, it's pretty hard to go past Billy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah I mean, it, I feel sorry for the front row. We're doing scrumming today and the old bops and, and the face rubbing against cheeks. And uh, yeah, it's, it sort of cracks me up. So I think that would have to go go the best. Actually, uh, Boiler was running, uh, Harrison Boyle was running a bit of a crook sort of mullet. I think Joe Johnson, the seven, got yeah. the shavers out at, the, at their place. And, uh, you know, with the ginger hair, it wasn't really the sharpest look. He had the dirty mustache. <laughs> so that'd probably be the worst one. I guess Billy, you know, he, he rocks as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's um, you, you're probably lot, one of those two guys. I'll tell you, a lot of people have voted for Kyle, uh, the eagle. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Kyle, it's just become mainstream for me, hasn't it? It's been right. like, Kyle, yeah. he's got the mullet. Yeah. Like it's just become the look, whereas uh, yeah. I guess some of these other guys it still surprise me every time. Um, right, right. I said, I've only known Kyle with a mullet. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's just that I, I haven't seen one without him. Actually, I saw a picture one day and he was, 
you know, bare-faced and shaven head, and he just looked like a new man. So <laughs> I think that's uh, post-rugby, he reckons. He's keeping the mullet long-term, so that's good to see. Excellent. All right. Um, who on the team do you not want to mess around with? Who do you not want to, like, joke around with too much? Who's got an edge about them that you're like, oh, I'm going to stay away from him if he gets angry? Yeah. Well, probably probably a couple of guys. I guess the Fords. Someone like a Vian Conradi at number eight. He's a pretty uh, the ultimate warrior. We call him. He's pretty. Uh, he's quietly spoken. Yeah. He's very yeah. quietly spoken. But uh, at training, we'll be doing a bit of contact or something. Or we spike on a Thursday or something. And uh, yeah, he's he's pretty madman. So uh, yeah. he's probably in the forwards and then maybe in the backs. Uh, actually, probably someone like a Lecky Morris. You know, he's he's a pretty tough guy. Yeah. Um, he can put on a shot and he flies out. So those are probably a couple of guys you probably wouldn't want to want to mess with and um yeah no they're great for us they go forward for us so yeah. we just get behind them and uh they'd be the first two in there if there was a scuffle i think at the game Fair enough. <laughs> all right good to know um who is your mvp so far this season and why is it dougie five <laughs> <laughs> yeah good question good question no dougie's just been unreal there's yeah. been a joke going around why don't you get caught into the lines dougie no. but uh he's uh yeah no he's just been outstanding i think his uh Obviously, his professionalism coming over from Scotland, over 100 games from Edinburgh, has been a real impact on the team, especially with some of the newer guys and newer guys for professional rugby. He's been outstanding uh, in the back line leading that. And also, he's just got a turn of pace. And I think in this league, we've been uh, really good at creating opportunities and he's been the guy to finish them. And I think if you go look at a lot of other teams uh, they've been creating opportunities but haven't finishing them. Uh, I talked to my brother at, at San Diego and they were sort of you know, creating a few things but just couldn't quite finish them. And with Dougie, you know, he really turns, you know, sort of, uh, we, you know, we throw a 20, 40 offload, percent offload on a back. So, you know, we know Dougie's going under the post. So he's been outstanding. And um, yeah, I, I also think uh, in, in our forwards, I always have to mention, I've always done the work up front. Obviously, Vian's had an immense uh, impact since he's come in. Our number eight, uh, bruising ball carrier, uh, big hits. You know, I think he put out that Tim for a few weeks for San Diego, yes. cracked a few ribs. So he's um, he's been immense, yeah. uh, immense on them. So those are the two boys uh, driving the bus at the moment. And it's sure. just up for us to, to all get on that bus and make sure we're all playing at that level. So they've been outstanding for us. Yes, sir. Josh, if you can get Dougie on here, I'd be I'd greatly appreciate it. We're big fans of Dougie Five. Mate, we'll be getting him on for sure. I'll oh. let him know. Get his blonde tips on and uh, maybe you could ask him your preview. Ask him what uh, what hairdressers and how much he pays for it. That might, that might be the first question you want to ask him. We might need a translator for him to, you know, <laughs> to understand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we could find a few Scottish fans that would, uh, that would come on and translate for him. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so... How would you describe your leadership style as a captain? Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I, 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 I think I like to be quite positive. You know, so I think, uh, I think that just goes a long way. Um, I think it's, yeah, I guess my leadership style would just be, you know, really positive. You know, it's, it's the boys first, you know, what's team first mentality. Um, you know, uh, I'll make sure that, you know, as a team, if we're doing well, you know, uh, we we, make, we mention it, you know, we celebrate the small wins. And I think that's really important because uh, I guess a lot of uh, a lot of teams and stuff, you know, sort of push those aside and, you know, there'll be a lot of sort of negative chat and it's sort of the, the hoorah sort of getting boys up for that. I mean, I sort of leave that to the guys who, who are good at that. For me, it's just sort of about sort of clear, clear words, clear and concise, you know, celebrate small wins. But, you know, there'll be a lot of time where we need to pick them up. So, 
yeah, I, I guess I just sort of, again, I'm a couple of years into it. So I'm sort of learning a lot and guys having like guys who are like Tara, who's, who's a captain at a high level and super rugby and stuff, learning off those guys. But I've just sort of molded into that, you know, real positive, you know, say what needs to be said, I like to think, and uh, real clear and concise. You know, I don't want to repeat a message and beat a dead horse. You know, it's, it's just sort of to the point. Let's be positive about what we need to do, but what else do we need to do? And, and if we're all on the same page, um, and I'm almost like a mini-me of Ryan out there on the field where I can deliver these clear comms and, and surround what, with what our theme is going into this game, then uh, I've done my job, I think. So, yes. Yeah. Cool. The next one is coming from my girlfriend. She actually submitted this one. I was coming up with questions for you. And then uh, she had mentioned this one that she wanted to ask. What traits have you found inspiring from people you've been around in leadership positions? Way to go, Caitlin. This is a good question. Yeah, great question. Yeah, great question. I mean, I guess being in leadership positions, uh, I've been, you know, under leadership of guys like uh, Michael Collins and Otago. Um, you know, his sort of, he was, he was very positive sort of guy um, and just sort of harped on that, you know, says what needs to be said. So I guess I took a lot out of, as a young guy going up through the ranks with a guy like that and Otago, sort of learning from that. Um, uh, also as well, there's been the leadership. Uh, I remember a guy, Jordan Olsen with the North and Tunney Fire and the Mitre 10 there as well. He was sort of a lead by example. So, okay. you know, sometimes there's, you know, I've learned that, you know, there's a place to, you know, I don't want them to think, you know, it's my voice and he's talking. If there's a point that needs to be said, you know, it's okay, he's speaking, you know. So I guess that sort of leads into this just leading by a bit of action. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it's uh, if I say something or the team is that, you know, I make sure I back it up and I walk the talk. So he was always outstanding at that. Um, and like I said, and, and, and as recent as this year um, with Tara, you know, he's, he's really a man of a few words, but, you know, he's very, uh, very to the, you know, to the point, you know, it doesn't, doesn't waffle too much. And again, I keep going on about that, but I think it's important because you'll see a lot of these captains sort of harping on the same stuff. Um, and then I've been also fortunate, a guy like uh, Tyler Ardron in Canada, who's a real leader by example, you know, outstanding. And uh, so I guess that, and then as far as honestly, my dad, you know, he's, he's real my role model. You know, he's a guy who's, you know, he's always, he's always sort of backed me and, and, and uh, he just sort of taught me, he's a very good listener. And I think that's as much as important as communicating. So I think there's listening skills and making sure, you know, I'm opening my ears as much as I'm talking out. So yeah, I guess it's just sort of all those, all those different uh, cultures and, and people together are brought in. And then, um, yeah, and then I've learned a lot with Ryan this year, to be honest as well, just sort of being like around theming is important, you know, and, and getting guys on this, on the same page. And he's been outstanding in that. And if I can, like I said, if I can go onto the field and I can almost be a mini me for him, so I know, you know, I know what I'm on the same page with him, then we're in a good good place, you know, leadership wise. Right. So, uh, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, a bit of all there. So there's a lot in there, but yeah, it's just just from what I've been growing up, whether it's dad, you know, previous captains or, or coaching as well. Sure. All right, uh, got one more here here for you, and then we'll get into the more fun stuff, and then we'll get you out of here. Other than the Free Jacks, what other pro sports team do you support and why? Yeah, good question. Uh, pro sports. So obviously being in America, I've uh, really jumped on the NFL. Um, I've always been a big NBA fan, but I'll be honest, I feel like the, the NBA regular season is pretty, uh, pretty boring nowadays. So, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, not just because of Stephen Adams and the New Zealand uh, connection with uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, but uh, okay. I was um, I was quite into that. Me and my mates, I remember them playing the Heat. They were probably someone I've always sort of supported. 
uh, in the NBA. Uh, and then when Stephen Adams got drafted, it was pretty cool. And then obviously Toronto Raptors, probably a bit of a bandwagon when Kawhi went there and uh, won the championship with the Canadian boys. So right. those are probably two two sports teams. And then, uh, to be honest, most recently, uh, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but the Cleveland Browns now, I'll just give you, give you a bit of background. I, I, I love my NFL and I'm, I'm probably more of a purist of sports. You know, I don't get... I, mean, I love I love teams, but like watching the NFL, I can watch Red Zone, you know, every Sunday and just just appreciate it for what it is. But uh, my girlfriend went to OU. She's a big Baker Mayfield fan, and so I don't know. It's just sort of fall into that trap where the Browns game will uh, we'll, we'll have to watch that first and foremost. So uh, again, if you ask me that at the end uh, next year, maybe let's let's see what it says. But right. yeah, no, those um, those are probably the few few teams uh, teams really. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Um, so here we go. Last part here, one word association. So I'm just going to say a word and, you know, the first thing that pops in your mind, just let me know. Okay. Mags. Uh, innovative. Okay. <laughs> Kenny. Kenny. Funny. All right. Coach Ryan Martin. Uh, tactical. All right. Jack's Rangers, this show here. Fun. All right, perfect. Um, your buddy, John Poland. Cute. <laughs> All right, uh, Rooney. <laughs> uh, Rooster. I don't know why. Okay. I like the name. All right. Uh, Gil Gronies. I just, I thought of, I thought of a beer, to be honest. I guess the marketing thing's working, but yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. All right. That was it, Josh. I appreciate it so much, man. Thank All right. you for coming on here. No, no, no worries. I really enjoyed it. And I'll make sure to give uh, Dougie Pfeiffer a hurry up. The fans want him. The fans want to hear him. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's a, again, he's a quiet guy, but you know, when you open him up, yeah, he'd, be, uh, he'd be good to go. See if he can get a translator for us, and we'll definitely set it up, all right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get that. If there's any Scottish fans out there, we, we need them on too. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Uh, we should uh, do this fantastic. again sometime. This was very fun. I appreciate it. Let's yeah. ride. Love that. Yeah. Huzzah. Yeah, let's ride. All right, guys. Tell us what you thought of the interview. Send us an email at jacksrangershow at gmail.com. Get involved in the comments as we post these things on social media. Let us know your thoughts of our conversation, our interview with, oh, Captain, my Captain, Captain Josh Larson of the New England Free Jacks. What a pleasure it was to talk to Josh. Can't wait to do it again sometime soon. Maybe we'll have him on at the end of the season to review our performance and, and how the team did for this year. Just want to say, you know, a personal shout out. Thank you so much, Josh, for for taking the time to, to interview with this uh, little, <laughs> little show, Jack's Rangers show, a New England Free Jacks fan podcast. Man, it was so surreal, you know, doing that interview thinking, you know, just a couple weeks ago, this was just all but an idea in my mind that I should really try to do something like this. And and now fast forward, we've had this, the CEO of the Free Jacks. We've had the, the world's best rugby commentator on here as well. And now we've had the captain of the New England Free Jacks. Very, very cool. We're going to continue to do the fan profiles, you know, on and down the road. At this point, you know, I really wanted to have some player interviews come on the show. And also we're going to hear from some opposition uh, before the end of the year, some opposition fans. Scott Ferrara is going to come back on here and we're going to have a very special guest previewing the Toronto game coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm very excited about that, but eventually we'll
we'll get back to the fan profiles. There's plenty of uh, Rangers out there that we have yet to to have an interview with. Yeah, it's just so cool to have Josh on there, man. I mean, what a dream come true, right? Um, there's a band that I listen to uh, called Gunship, and uh, one of their songs, the title of the song is kind of gloomy, but um, towards the end, they do like these inspirational messages from people that sound like they called in on a, on a voicemail line, and they just recorded that and added it into the song. And one of the things that, uh, that is lit- mentioned is the sun never sets on your dream. So this has been a dream of mine, the Jack's Rangers show, and it is coming to fruition. And so it's very cool. So never give up on your dreams, kids. Everybody in podcastville that's listening to this. Well, that about wraps her up. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. It's been a it's been a good one. So let's go free jacks. Beat Nola Gold. Woo! Huzzah! Let's ride. I'll see you at the game at Fort Union Point so that we can extend our home winning streak. Undefeated at home. Let's make it happen, Free Jacks. Woo! Let's go free jacks. I'll see you there, Rangers. Huzzah!